Hey guys, my name is Bethany and welcome back to Wildcat Chat. How are you guys doing today? Hey. 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 What's up? Hey, Hello. So first we're gonna be talking about racism in our in our community. We're gonna talk about various things of racism, not just one topic. Racism is an overarching topic. So first, let's talk about the difference between separation and segregation. And do we think separation or segregation is necessary? Honestly, I feel like it's not. Because if people claim, not even just people, like teachers and parents and stuff feel like we need to come together as one, but yet we set in our mindsets, oh, she act like this, so I'm not going to hang around her or in this type of class, like say, say if we go to Ruth Chris, right? But I'm so used to going to Longhorn Steakhouse. They think that's ghetto. Or I'm so used to my mama eating, I'm eating my mama's steak. They feel as though, well, she don't experience the classy life, the bougie life. So we're not going to talk to her. So we place people in classes. And if we stop placing people in classes and just learn to understand each other, and learn from each other, it wouldn't be so a, such a thing as like segregation and feeling this type of way about this particular skin tone. Like, we still got the same blood. Okay, I got blue veins, but it's still red going through it. So I mean, hey, you got red too. You guys think that we like separate naturally? Do you think that like, se- okay, so I believe that separation can happen very naturally. I remember when we were in school, in science, we were talking about, um, I forgot what it's called. I wish I could remember the scientific term, but it's basically people um, who are alike usually group together. So that's why you usually see black people grouping together and then you see white people grouping together because they're, they're, they're normally, like those are the people that they can identify with the most. So this is what causes the separation. But do you think that separation on a larger scale is deeper than our natural instincts or do you think it's based off of bias um i think both things definitely contribute to separation and as far as separation and segregation separation would be more of like a generalized thing not necessarily just between races segregation could be within certain races or different like minority and the majority of supreme stuff like that so that's the big thing as far as that And I mean, naturally, sometimes we do because that's kind of how it was instituted originally. So when you have separated us and then you expect us to come together, there's still a sense of separation. Also, people are going to go where they feel the most comfortable, which is with people they feel they're most alike. So it's just going to happen naturally. Yeah, I think I think that we do separate naturally, like segregation is more of a forced thing, like they've you know, like segregation, we're supposed to be like, segregation, like, it's like, we're supposed to be separated from each other, but like, you know, yeah, but I think, yeah, people do tend to separate based on like, what we find comfortable and natural, but sometimes I think, like, once we break out of that mindset, then we start to integrate ourselves more and like, see other people in different cultures, so, yeah. Like Bethany was saying, I definitely think that we naturally separate because well one just comfortable English let's try that comfortability like if I don't know a lot of people but 
I know like there I know two people I'm going to sworn towards sworn is that a word I'm going to go towards them because I know them and I'm comfortable with them rather than going to a random person trying to spark a different conversation so I guess you could say it's the same thing with it's different races I know that these people at least know the same thing I'm going through so I'm gonna go towards those people instead of trying to spark a different conversation with a different race you know what I mean and maybe if we break this generational curse, because it happens to adults too, if we break it, it can just help children in the future. Because in elementary school, you know you had the little popular kids, little quiet kids, nerds. It's still like that in high school, but it's not presented as that. But it's like, maybe if we stop judging each other and stop feeling like, oh, because she does this, she's automatically this, you know what I'm saying? We just can get along and not feel like we have to be obligated to go towards people that feel like we relate to you. Not saying that's a bad thing, but it's like you want to learn from new people. You want to explore new people. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to expound on your uh, your social understanding because it's really uncomfortable you don't know if people are going to be racist you don't know if they're going to be for you or against you and those conversations are hard to have but let's have that conversation right now what do you guys think racism is what do you, what do you guys what's your definition of racist racism and how do you see it happen in the world well with racism i think and this is like pertaining towards just the U.S. and not as a whole world. Um, I think racism is like the systematic oppressions inside of like a country or a system that hinders a group of people from, from flourishing completely or like fully, you know what I mean? For example, you know, like stereotypes such as um, a lazy Black person or a ghetto Black person, those stereotypes hinder um, a lot of people from thinking black people are who they are which is powerful people you know what i mean productive people so that's what i think systematic oppression um i tie that more into i understand the whole systematic but for me definition of racism is more emotional than that i feel like someone who is racist has the feeling and has wired their brain to be that because of my skin tone and because of your skin tone and your ethnicity, I am better than you for no matter what. And I feel like it's more emotionally led than um, actually like thought process. Nobody, because nobody is better than somebody else. There's always going to be somebody at one ethnicity that's slightly better than someone else. And it's always, we're all equal at the same time. But when you tie in that emotion, you lose all train of thought and all logic. It's just emotionally biased. Yeah, I agree. I personally believe that racism, well, I understand and identify Cameron's as, like he said, the one, if you're just looking at um, America, I feel like that's a good definition for America. But when I think of the word racism, I think of it on a larger scale, um, a, a worldwide scale of what Michael was saying. It's an emotional thing. It's that fundamental belief that I am better than you because I was born this skin color and a racist is someone who acts out on that sadly there's a lot of people who have a lot of racist views on life but they don't act on it or they don't act on it in the light they slither around you know snakes 
Slither. Um, so I personally think that racism has a lot more to do with the one-on-one interpersonal rather than institutionalized. Wow, I think that could be two different ways that we look at it, institutionalized racism and then interpersonal, because I think interpersonal isn't talked about enough when we talk about institutionalized. I definitely agree. There are a lot of definitions of racism. I think that from us being Americans and living in America, that people have one perception of what racism is. They automatically think, okay, a white person being racist or a black person or stuff like that. And then even like now with the media, they're coming up, like they're um, showing things as far as the Asians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And people sh- being like, hateful towards them and stuff and then showing you another perspective on not just that black and white thing and that racism goes beyond just you know those two skin tones it's it's so much more to it it's people being hateful and some people that are harassing and people that feel like emotionally that they should do something or act a certain way towards people even when they aren't doing anything to them so it's like it's definitely an emotional connection to these things and also how people are brought up and who they're surrounded by because some people are racist but don't realize it because Mm -hmm. they've been in an environment where it's normal to act a certain way or it's normal to say this and somebody not to say anything back to them or they only seek feedback from the people that may be of their race compared to seeing how people of other races may react to what they say. I think it's important to acknowledge the collection of experience that racism like is is found upon because like that's why it's kind of hard to say like certain races can be you can be racist against them like let's say like white people for example their experiences nothing they have faced has shown any sort of oppression they've always been the oppressors so we can't really say like if I say if let's say I make a joke to a white person it's really it is it it could be hurtful yes but is it racist I feel like you can't really say that because the jokes I make are something that literally will never affect you in life the jokes they make are things that it actually affects us things that have hurt us things that are our pain our trauma our experiences and I think that's something they can't understand I think it's important to understand those experiences because if we don't then people will always just be like oh, well, how are you affected by this? Well, I was affected by this in this, this, and this way. So I think we really have to use, when we define racism, we have to explain the experiences behind them too. Our past memories, our past everything. Yeah, I think that's why I was talking about the two different types of racism, the institutionalized and interpersonal, because I feel like personally, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like personally, we as people can still deal a great, we still can, have a great deal of damage to somebody's mental health, even making those jokes that don't have to do with what they do in the future, like institutionalized, like somebody calling some dis- disrespecting somebody, something of any race could make them break them down mentally and feel like they can't do it because of their race. But just because it doesn't have to affect them uh, institutionally, to me, in my opinion, doesn't mean it can't be racist. In my opinion, it just means that they can't go through institutionalized racism, but they can go through interpersonal racism. But yeah, and I 100% agree with that. Like, I'm not saying that you should go out and call every single white person you see this, that, and the third. But I also do think, like, when we're saying these things, we just have to be like, because I feel like a lot of people compare traumas when they try and justify like racism. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, well, when I was this age, 
black people call me this so now I get to call you this and it's just like well no that's not how that works at all I mean two wrongs don't make a right in the first place but like that definitely doesn't justify your cause if you're trying to say that one thing happened to you so you can do this right 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 so do you think those differences in opinion and trauma do you think sharing those differences can hinder our growth or do you think it can help us grow as people and as a as a country like communication is always good like no matter what situation you're in like as long as you're talking about our set like I think the thing that we fail to realize is that our experiences are different but they're both valid they're both important to moving forward and I think that as soon as we acknowledge the fact that they are different but they are both valid that is when we'll start to like heal as a people like both white people black people and people of any color like as soon as we start to acknowledge one another our pain then we can move forward I agree but it's like in order for us to do that, we have to not say everybody's selfish, but we have to get out of that selfish mindset of we don't want to learn. But even though people start to not complain, but start to say, oh, we need them to learn A, B, C, and D. But when they're willing to learn, it's like we're so defensive. And it's mm-hmm. like we don't mean to. But it's like we're so used to people coming up to us, talking smack, saying what they want to say, calling us names. So it's kind of like, established within us okay they want to talk to us oh no what should we do instantly go not in attack mode but kind of like defensive like wait a minute hold up but if we just kind of bring it down and kind of not fully open but slowly start to progress as one and not just like as an african-american just like in all cultures like you said we can talk about it and sit down and talk but in order for us to do that, we had to be open towards it because we're so used to closing ourselves off due to that type of. I was going to ask, like, how do we get to that point where we're comfortable with talking to each other? You have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And then I think another thing is that some people fail to realize it takes at least one person to do this. If one person is willing to step up, then more mm-hmm. people will step up with them. But if somebody is not willing to put themselves in an uncomfortable situation, then they won't do it's like if you are say you sit at a table with a group of friends and then you see somebody that's by themselves. if one of y'all go up to them and, you're, and you start talking to them the rest of your friends are going to end up coming around or being like hey oh blah 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 it's like you just have to go it's like you have to kind of bind together y'all have to work together to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation it has to be where you're surrounded by people you're comfortable with and the other people are surrounded by people they're comfortable with and then just bring it together because everybody's different. It's just that they don't, we're, we're, we're struggling to live together differently. Absolutely. And I think it's also like, I think someone said like emotional too, whereas everyone is thinking that the other person is attacking us instead of viewing it as just talking to one another, meaning like I'm trying to explain my, how the world, like how my view of the world looks like. And I'm not trying to attack you to just explain what my view is. So you can explain what yours is. So that way we can put this puzzle piece together and see how it fits. You know what I mean? So instead of viewing everything as, oh, I have to defend myself because somebody's attacking me. Oh, y'all can't see this. This is a podcast. Quote, unquote, attacking me. Um, we should view it as just a person um, explaining their views instead of attacking. Yeah, I think it all starts in the home as well. Um, if you don't, cultivate that mindset of communication is key in your children 
no matter who you are, they're not going to want to communicate with people. And even if they want to, they're not going to know how to. I think our problem in the in this nation is people don't know how to effectively communicate their issues without coming after each other. People don't know how to agree to disagree. People don't know how to accept someone for who they are, but not agree with what they do. You know what I mean? Everybody feels like everybody has to cater. Well, not everybody, but most people feel like People have to cater to my feelings. And if they don't agree with how I live my life or my viewpoints, then I just can't be cool with them. And that's a toxic toxic mentality to have because not everybody is going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to like what you're doing. Um, So I agree with what everybody said. I, I hope that people listen to what we have to say because this is, this is really important. This is really important. So with that note, I was talking about at home. What are some ways that you think parents could expose their kids to different cultures so that they can be well-versed in the world when they get older? Honestly, just get them to read different kind of books. Like, I remember this one book was about just um, different types of foods from different um, viewpoints. I'm not viewpoints, but different cultures. Like, there's um, there's different kinds of fruits and vegetables, all different kinds of um snacks and stuff that from everywhere so that way your kid is like oh wow this is so cool i can eat food from different places and not just green beans and whatever you know what i mean so just small stuff you don't have to go straight into okay this is racism and this is you know what i mean you ain't gotta do all that just small steps it's i feel like a lot of people are scared to have these conversations with these kids because they have are overwhelmed with amount of things that um, have happened and amount of, of information that needs to be presented but just start small it's nothing too big just start with snacks i think we're not having the right conversation because we all know if i say we had the conversation with our parents you know we all know what we're talking about but i think the conversation isn't really uh it doesn't teach us integration it teaches us defense it teaches us how to survive but it doesn't teach us how to communicate with others like i know all the steps to follow let's say if i get stopped by a police officer but if someone has like, let's say there's some sort of microaggression between me and a white person, I was mm. never taught how to like deal with that. So I have to figure out my own way how to de- diffuse the situation. And I think that's important is that I think a lot of people, their initial reaction is just to go into defense mode, like Karen was saying, either defense mode or attack. But there's no sort of like, let me diffuse it. Let me let me think about like how I can like put it to them nicely. Let me see their perspective. It's always like. I need to protect myself instead of trying to understand the other person. Cause you know, a lot of people are ignorant and that's not always a bad thing. But I think the thing that we have to understand is that ignorance can be fixed if we take the time to fix it. But a lot of people aren't willing to take that time. And I think that's something that's important for parents to teach their children is it's not always about going on the attack or going on defense and trying to, you know, put them down for what they don't know. It's more for, it's more about like teaching them how to speak, just how to communicate. Like we talked about earlier, because communication is key no matter what we're talking about. Yeah. I think another thing is that like coming from our perspective, I feel like as a black child growing up, our parents kind of tell us, well, hey, this is how the culture is. This is how this is. But I think my thing is that I always wonder how do parents of other races address these types of things to their kids and are they addressing it, addressing it to them? Are they telling them, hey, this is how it is? Because most children don't know what slavery is or the civil rights movements and stuff until they get into school. And most of the time they don't go in depth until you get into like high school, middle school years. And still they don't address it as much. So I think 
it's just honestly everything starts within your family and what you teach your kids and then they go on to learn more things I guess education wise from schools but you still have to play a part in them learning about different things yeah communication is key and we need to start not only parents but also like older siblings teaching our little siblings about these things and make sure this conversation continues with them thank you guys this was a great episode i hope you guys enjoyed it join us back next time bye everyone Snorter is free. Thank you, Jesus. It's coming up with an album. I'm excited. Yes. Come on, close. Yeah.